Source is a podcast made by women for women. We talk with a wide variety of experts from a sex therapist to the CDC to bring you the stories that you're only going to hear here. Our goal is to entertain and educate because it is more clear than ever just how much we as women are doing as parents, spouses, as employees, just as everything. Don't miss out on being in the know. Subscribe to Soul Source wherever you listen to podcasts today and leave us a review. This part is incredibly important. This way we can continue to bring you the content you love each and every week. So buckle up, Soul Source Society, because we are about to get started. Giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves is okay, even if it's just for a few hours a week. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Raquel Lamel. How are you all doing out there? Now, this is a question that we get asked a lot, right? How are you feeling or how are you doing? The most common response is fine. And I say fine in air quotes, but fine is not really an answer to that question. It doesn't tell anybody what's really going on. And many times it can mask how people are really feeling. I mean, underneath fine, there's afraid, angry, grieving, lonely, happy, sad, worried, stressed, excited, so much more. Talking about feelings It's not always easy, but right now it can be the difference for so many people. For a lot of people who are caring for someone who cannot take care of themselves, those caregivers can feel very isolated, exhausted, and even defeated. Sorry. It's not an easy job to care for someone who you love, but no may not survive the battle that they're fighting currently. It's even harder to do that in a global pandemic where you might not even be able to visit or see that loved one in their final moments. We've all seen those FaceTime calls for patients dying of COVID-19, for example. You can only imagine the toll that those calls are taking on the caregiver and their family who love that person their whole lives and also the toll on the medical staff standing there with them. Today's episode is focusing on those people who are caring for critically or terminally ill loved ones, and that question I asked you all at the beginning of this episode, how are you doing? I'm pleased to be joined today by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention's Dr. Lisa McGuire. She is the lead for CDC's Alzheimer's Disease and Healthy Aging Program, with more than 100 articles and book chapters on aspects of cognition, caregiving, and aging. Dr. McGuire is a member of the National Alzheimer's Project Act Federal Advisory Council, editorial board for the Gerontologist, co-lead for Healthy People 2020-2030, Older Adults and Dementia, including Alzheimer's Disease, and holds fellow status in the American Psychological Association and the Gerontological Society of America. As a caregiver for her mother with mixed dementia, Dr. McGuire is personally and professionally passionate about issues related to dementia and caregiving. Dr. McGuire, thank you for being here. Welcome to Soul Source. Thank you. We are happy to have you here. We're talking about this question, so I want to start this podcast off with the question that we're asking, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, thank you. How are you? Wait, wait, wait. You said you're fine. That's so easy to say, and everybody says that. But how are you really feeling right now? I mean, in this moment, are you feeling worried, stressed, maybe even sad? How are you actually feeling? You know, it's just a habit to say I'm fine. I usually tell everybody I'm doing fine or I'm doing well. I'm really just doing the best that I can right now. The pandemic is a huge part of my life, both personally and professionally. I'm a health scientist at CDC, but I'm also a daughter and my mom is 94 years old and she has dementia. I am her caregiver. She's living in an assisted living facility and I haven't seen her for almost a year except on my phone. 
That sounds really, really rough, Dr. McGuire. How is she doing? I've seen her physically change right before my eyes. So recently for work, I put together a series of four pictures that shows how she looked in December of 2019 before the pandemic really took hold. And those pictures also are through December 2020 after being on lockdown for many months. In her career, she was a hairdresser. She cared a lot about her appearance, her hair, her client's hair. And if she was fully able to understand how she looks right now, how her hair looks, she'd be mortified. But that's just a small part of the big picture. Like so many families, we haven't been together for her birthday, on holidays, my son's high school graduation. It's been heart-wrenching and really, really stressful. The level of deterioration is so visible and we aren't able to spend time with her during that precious amount of time that she has left. But at the same time, we're so hopeful that we'll be able to spend some time together soon. So thanks so much for asking specifically how I'm doing right now. That's probably much more than you ever wanted to know, but it makes me feel better to talk about it. Talking about what's going on with my friends, my family, and even on this podcast really helps me cope with everything that's going on now. It makes a lot of sense. And I know that conversation, I mean, it can be a very powerful coping tool. Is that correct? Yes, it can be. Um, Talking with friends, neighbors, and loved ones about your feelings and concern can really relieve stress and help promote resilience. But in conversations, how do you get past that I'm fine part? Like, how do you do that? You know, that's really a good question. When you can get a meaningful conversation, it helps you and your friends and family feel less lonely and isolated, which I think most of us are feeling right now, right? Mm -hmm. There's several ways you can do that. One is when you ask somebody how they're doing, be ready to listen. It can also help to put aside things that might be distracting you while you're talking. Also, you can ask open-ended questions like, what are you doing to take care of yourself? Or how are you keeping in touch with your family? Maybe even, are there things we can do together to help each other? So once you get someone talking, you know, you get past that I'm fine question, what is the best way to proceed? Because talking about feelings, it's important and you don't want to have a reaction from someone where they shut down or regret that they opened up to you either, which could happen. Yeah, that's right. Show your concern and support by using phrases like, I understand, or I'm with you, or that sounds rough, how can I help? Or even making contact and nodding as they're speaking. You asked me the same thing a few minutes ago, we all need to be heard and validated. Also, you can end the conversation on a positive note, close with some hopeful words and make a plan to stay connected. Make a commitment such as, I'll call you Friday at seven. Would that work? So many of us are teleworking completely out of our regular routines. So it's helpful to have something scheduled on a regular basis. It gives a person something to look forward to. Also, the last thing is really when you're thinking about connecting, be flexible in in the format, a conversation over the phone, or even in person if possible, as long as we're supporting COVID-19 protocols of being six feet apart and wearing a mask. 
I mean, this question of how are you can be asked of literally anyone at any time. But for the purposes of this interview, we're going to talk about family caregivers. So somebody who's not getting paid, caring for a friend or a family member who's critically ill. Why can asking this question be so important for people dealing with a high level of stress? Many people right now are suffering with depression and loneliness. Mental health and well-being are as important as physical well-being. On our website, there's a two-minute video with Dr. Sharma Dudley, who's a clinical psychologist and a board member at the National Alliance on Mental Illness. She said that what's really important is that we make connections with others. We need to have conversations because we're all in this together and we can get through this together. It's especially important to have those conversations with people you know are having a hard time or are, have already lost a family member or, or are separated from them too. They may be going through different stages of grief and sadness and stress. Let's elaborate on that a little bit more. What are the, is the physical toll that a high level of stress can have on a family caregiver? While there are benefits to caring for someone, such as having a greater sense of purpose or sharing special moments, caregiving can be hard on you. It can be emotionally and physically demanding. And as the care recipient's needs increase, it may result in additional strain on the caregiver. Caregivers can do a lot of different types of activities to help their family or friend throughout the day. Things such as bathing and dressing, shopping, preparing meals, paying bills, providing transportation to appointments, or engaging in yard work or home repairs. It can also involve providing emotional support and help with managing a chronic disease or disability. That's a lot to do. And a whopping 40% of caregivers reported having two or more chronic diseases themselves. And 33% of them report having a disability too. Wow, that is a lot, especially like to take on on top of dealing with those chronic diseases. And on top of physical toll on caregivers and their families, many often experience economic hardships through lost wages and additional medical expenses. Caregivers tend to ignore their own health needs. Studies have shown that caregiving is linked to worse self-reported physical health, compromised immune function, and even increased risk of early death. So that's the physical toll. What is the mental health toll on these caregivers? Family caregivers of people with Alzheimer's disease and related dementias, for example, are at a greater risk of anxiety, depression, and poorer quality of life than caregivers of people who are taking care of those who have other health conditions. Caregivers in general, even before the pandemic, were experiencing physical, mental, and financial hardships. In a recent CDC Foundation and NORC study, social isolation emerged as a key concern among older adults during public health emergencies, including COVID-19 pandemic. A consistent theme was that older adults reported feeling more socially isolated and lonely due to the restrictive orders in place to combat the spread of the virus. The study also points out that mental health concerns among racial and ethnic minority older adults 
and there are some encouraging findings about Black older adults. The study found that 18% of Black older adults reported feeling more socially connected compared to 8% of white non-Hispanic older adults, which could suggest that mental health resilience among racial and ethnic minority adults might be greater than it is in, in white non-Hispanic adults. We'll be right back after this short break. If you've ever thought about starting your own podcast, you'll want to listen up. I can tell you firsthand, starting the Soul Source podcast has been a ton of fun and is one of the best decisions I've made in my professional career. But it can definitely feel overwhelming if you don't know how to get started. That's where this awesome company called Buzzsprout comes in. Buzzsprout is by far the easiest and best way to launch a professional podcast. In fact, it's so good, they've already helped more than 100,000 people launch their own podcast. Buzzsprout will get your podcast into every major podcasting platform like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, just to name a few. You also get a great looking podcast website, audio players you can drop into other websites, detailed analytics to see how people are listening to your podcast, and tools to promote your episodes, and so much more. Plus, Buzzsprout publishes new podcasts, YouTube episodes, and blog posts every week. These helped me immensely learn the ins and outs of podcasting from the experts in the business. And to start your own podcast and get a $20 Amazon gift card, follow the link in the show notes. This lets Buzzsprout know that we sent you, and it also helps support SoulSource. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast. Welcome back. So what is the best way, in your opinion, then, to help out these stressed out caregivers? It's really important for caregivers to take care of themselves, too. One way to do that is to make sure to give yourself as a caregiver a routine and a consistent break from caregiving responsibilities. We call this respite. Short breaks or respite can be a key part to maintaining your own health. I can tell you as a scientist and a daughter, even before COVID-19, giving myself a break was really hard to do. I wanted to be with my mom, check in on her when I wanted to. And now in the midst of this pandemic, it's even harder to be physically separated from her. Friends will ask me, how is she doing? And all I can say is, I don't really know. And I have to rely on reports of others at the facility. I know that the separation is keeping her and the others residing in that facility safe, but I'd really like to hug her right now and to fix the hair, the, her hair the way that she really likes it. So when Dr. Dudley talked about all of us being in this together, she's right. There are online support groups for caregivers. It gives us an opportunity to share our experiences with each others who are in similar circumstances and to get support and learn from each other and the new resources that are available too. That's really, really hard when you can't be there for them. I have a grandma right now who's in, in a nursing home and I totally understand that where you're coming from. What is the best way for caregivers to ask help, ask for help if they need it? Well, here are some three examples. So one way is to identify a caregiving task or a block of time you'd like help with. Perhaps you just want to go sit in a quiet park by yourself for an hour, or there's a book club that you really enjoy participating in. 
um, and you'd like to be able to attend and you haven't because of your caregiving responsibilities. So be ready when someone says, what can I do for you with a specific time or task? And say, you know, it'd be really helpful for me if you could stay with mom Tuesday night so I can go to book club. Another option might be be understanding or a thing to be aware of is be understanding if someone turns you down. The person may not be able to help at that specific time or with that specific request, but they might be glad to assist at a different time. Don't be afraid to ask again. A third way can be if you have trouble asking people for help face-to-face, -face, try writing an email to your friends or family members about your needs. You could even set up a shared calendar online or a scheduling tool where people can sign up to provide you with regular respite care. The research on respite care has shown us that even a few hours a week can improve a caregiver's well-being. Also encourage caregivers to tell their healthcare providers that they are providing care for someone. Caregivers can also have special needs that their provider needs to be aware of. And make sure to tell your provider if you're feeling depressed or anxious. Healthcare professionals may also know about support groups or other services that are available in your community. The last thing I wanna mention is a healthcare provider may be able to write a prescription for respite services via Medicare's programs of all-inclusive care for the elderly, or PACE. The PACE services are available to many Medicare and Medicaid beneficiaries in some states. So we've talked a lot about the family caregivers, but I do want to take a minute, I want to pivot and talk about the impact on the professional caregivers, the doctors, the nurses, the first responders, We've seen so many pictures on social media of those exhausted hospital workers. Some are crying. Some are sleeping on their backpack on a gurney. Some have been separated from their family for weeks, months, almost a year now we've been in this pandemic because of their potential exposure to COVID. How can they cope and build a resilience during COVID-19? For healthcare personnel, this includes care providers within care facilities, such as where my mom is residing, who are experiencing or witnessing life-threatening or traumatic events that can impact everyone differently. In some circumstances, the distress can be managed successfully to reduce associated negative health and behavioral outcomes. In other cases, some people may experience clinically significant distress or impairment, such as acute stress disorder, post-traumatic stress disorder, also known as PTSD, or secondary traumatic stress. Compassion fatigue and burnout may also result from chronic workplace stress and exposure to traumatic events during COVID-19 pandemic. It's important for healthcare personnel to recognize the symptoms of stress, such as irritation, anger, or denial, also feeling uncertain, nervous, or anxious, feeling helpless or powerless, and having trouble concentrating. People also experiencing difficulty sleeping or nightmares. There can also be physical reactions such as body pains and headaches, and some might even increase their use of tobacco, alcohol, or other substances. We at CDC have a number of tips for helping healthcare personnel cope, such as communicating, openly with your coworkers, supervisors, and employees about your job stress, 
also to talk openly about how the pandemic is affecting your work, identify factors that cause stress and work together to try to identify solutions to those in your workplace. Remind yourself that everyone is in an unusual situation with limited resources, and we are all navigating this uncharted territory together. When away from work, get exercise when you can. Spend time outdoors, either being active or relaxing. And then finally, take breaks from watching, reading, or listening to news stories, including social media. Hearing about the pandemic repeatedly can be upsetting and mentally exhausting since we, you, know, you work with people who are directly impacted by this virus daily. So for our listeners out there, I mean, we covered a lot of ground today. What is the biggest takeaway you have for them who, especially those who are dealing with this situation and are in it themselves, what do you want them to know? Knowing how to start a meaningful conversation with your friends and family members is really the key to coping and building resilience to get through this pandemic and beyond. It's true for family caregivers and healthcare professionals too. And giving ourselves permission to take care of ourselves is okay. Even if it's just for a few hours a week, it can improve overall well-being. So what resources are there available to people if they need help trying to cope with everything going on right now? All the resources and coping strategies I've mentioned are on our CDC website. There are also resources for teachers, employees, and families with children. You can go to cdc.gov aging. Thank you for listening. And if you want to hear more Soul Source, subscribe to our show. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. If there's something you want us to talk about on the show, we can do that too. We have a Facebook group called the Soul Source Society, and it's where we interact with listeners, share special content only seen in that group, talk about shows, get ideas for future podcasts, and overall, we just have a lot of fun. That is Soul Source Society on Facebook. We hope to see you there. Soul Source is brought to you by Red Shoes Inc., a leading agency specializing in crisis and strategic communications, media relations, social media, and so much more. To learn more about Soul Source and Red Shoes, visit us at redshoesinc.com.